0: Today's shir is m'sechta y'vamistaf l'amad hei. We will begin on daf l'amad dalad, Ahmed beis, towards the bottom of the dhammad, The gemara begins, daf, six lines from the bottom, amad all women, after they terminate their marriage and want to get remarried, They have to wait. They have to wait for three months, and the reason that they need to wait for three months is because we need to be sure if she's pregnant, who is the father of this child. Chutz, the only exception is a geyaris, a geyaris ketana, where there's no concern that she's pregnant. We don't have to wait for three months after become a geyaris or meshcheraris. Or a, a, a woman who's with shivcha, and she's a Ketana where again there's no there's no real concern that she's pregnant they don't have to wait three months Avoketana Yisrael but if the girl's a Ketana but she's a Bas Yisrael even though she's not pregnant Dalacha is chadashim. The she has to wait for three months and similarly if if she's a Giyairus that the Gedoyla, the Al-Ocha will be that she also has to wait for three months. And even though, as Toysius points out, we're going to learn this year, it's not necessarily likely that she had a choice that she's going to be pregnant because she doesn't want to get pregnant knowing that she's about to become a Guyaris. But Chazal said that she has to become a Guyaris and that she has to wait these three months anyway. my ask the Gemara. When does Shmuel say that a Ketanah bas Yisrael has to wait three months? Ibrahim, as we've discussed many times in our Shuram, a girl, her father, a Khtana, her father has a right to marry off, midaraisa. But that is a right that only her father has to do. In fact, as we've discussed many times, the father only gets that right once, once in his life. If she gets married by the father and then that marriage terminates, she, he doesn't have a right to marry off a, a second time. And similarly, a girl who doesn't have a father and she's married off by her mother or brothers, it's only a Kadusha And that is until she's by mitzvah, she could do miyun. Miyun means that she can know a marriage. So says the Gemara, if the first marriage was such a Kedushin, as we just described, a Kadushi the Rabbonah, ask the Gemara, Shmuel. Shmuel taught us that a girl who ends the marriage with Mian, Lay she doesn't have to wait for three months to get remarried. Vibiget. And if the first marriage ended with a get, Shmuel ask the Gemara, what has Shmuel taught us in our shear that we haven't already Previously learned, Dama Shmu taught us If a girl did meun in a kedusha derabanan, ain't a shlosh chadoshim. The three-month waiting period is not necessary. Noson laget. On the other hand, if a get was given, tsrichelah shlosh she does have to wait for three months. Says so the Gemara, what Shmuel is coming to teach us is elbeznos. Where the relationship was an adulterous relationship, and Chazal are teaching us that even though she's a ketana, but if she had this, this type of relationship, she has to wait three months. The Gazer Abanin Tana Chazal said that she has to wait for three months, even though she normally a ketana, as we know, does not get pregnant. The is the hair because by gedoyla she would have to wait the three months of Afghana. Chazal said that here too, she has to wait the three, the three months of Afghana. Ask the Gemara, Is that true that we make Xerah by Iktana because of Iktana? The Mishnah, our Mishnah taught us, where two men were Makadish two women, and at the beginning when they got married, there was a mix-up, and they each had beer with the wrong wife, the lochah is that they have to separate for three months. But our Mishnah says, <speaking in Hebrew> that if the women in our Mishnah were Kitanis who can't have children, <speaking in Hebrew> we make them get remarried immediately. We allow them to get remarried immediately. Why are you saying they don't have to get married immediately? Amrav Gadla Marav says, <speaking in Hebrew> that normally you have to wait the three months. Mm-hmm. Our Mishnah is speak is was a Hiroshai. Mm-hmm. It was a special situation mm-hmm. that that's why you have to wait. Ask the Gemara Davoy. That seems to seem that our Mishnah, the story of our Mishnah, happened. But if we learn that the Mishnah, it doesn't say Masa that there was indeed such an episode. Our Mishnah says, that this could happen, but not that it necessarily happened. Says the Gemara, the way to understand our Mishnah, that it's treated like a special circumstance. Because Chiluf, that there should be this kind of a mix-up, is is not common. And since it's not common, that's why Chazal did not feel the need to make a But in other cases which are common, so it's very interesting to point out that Al-Gemara just had a discussion with, is the case that we learned in our Mishnah something that actually happened? or well, the Mishnah only think speaking about a theoretical possibility, but not that it necessarily happened. And the question that of course the place can discuss is what's the difference if it actually happened or it's just a theoretical case? And the place can say, that in halacha, there's a very big difference. The Ben Hishai wrote his Sefer called Shaila Tshubh's Torah And the Shailas that are written in Shaila Tshubh's Torah are Shailas that actually never happened. That's why it's called Torah It wasn't Torah, Paschum and that actually happened. It was only because of theoretically passable. And the Paiskums say that when a Rav or paisik gets a shaila that is Haloch lemaisa. is a much different situation than when somebody speaking only on a theoretical basis. When it's a Haloch a Tam has a special Siyat de he has a special de shmaya that his words, that his Psak will be the correct Psak. And in fact, I saw that the Paiskin discussed that sometimes you'll find the rush wrote a Pirush Shas, as we know, and the rush also has the Tshuvas Harosh. And there are many paiskim suggest that the Tshuvas Harosh are more authoritative than the Pirush Harosh. The ru- because something that is Halach Lemaisa, and we see that that was the way that we followed, it's a clear proof that that Neshamayim they took us in that direction, and when we have this kind of, and and that's why our Gemara also focused on Mechalal Da Did this happen or not? Because if it actually happened, it is something that is, it's something that is much more significant. But there's a different version of this discussion. All women who have relations, they have to wait. Three months. Chutz, the exception is, Megyarz Mishacharis Kedaila, Avokhtana, a that had relations, Basi Yisrael, Ainat Shrikh to Slosh Chadashim, she doesn't have to wait for three months. And the Gemara again go, delves in, Even Ibamian, if we're talking about that the Khtana terminated her marriage, one mean Ha Mishmu the already taught us that a girl who's my man doesn't have to wait three months. We get, if she ended a marriage with a get, the come shmuel, the buyer. Shmuel actually holds that she would have to wait the three months. Dum Shmul, shmuel. Shmuel taught us, me if there was a miyun, ain't a tsrikh laamtim shloish She need not wait the three months. Nasin la like get. Tsrikh laamtim shloish Then she does have to wait the three months. So what is the case that Shmuel is referring to? Says the Gemara, it's talking about beznus. Where this Ktana had an adulterous relationship, and since for Ktana to have this adulterous relationship is Lois the halach is that she doesn't have to wait the three months because we have a rule throughout Shas Milsad Ask the Gemara the Snus when we have a Giyaris Mishukheris the private. Pre- previously they weren't Jewish and therefore there's Znos by such women. Why don't we wait? Why is there no Allah that you have to wait the three months? Answers the Gemara who the um, Amishmu fouls the Pinorabysi the Tanya have you have a Gyoris or a captured woman or a shifka that were freed or became Gyrim or ransomed, Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is you have to wait three months. Because Rabbi Yossi is of the opinion that all these women, even if they were, had relations, they would do whatever they can to make sure not to become pregnant. And therefore there's no need for Havkana. As the Gmar says, Isha a woman who has this type of relationship makes sure to use birth control and that's why there's no need to wait the three months for Afghan so says I understand you are by Guioris. the Since this woman is intending to become a guyirus, matred nafsha she marches not to become pregnant, to make sure that the child that she will become, that the child that she conceives will be a truly Jewish child. By Yeshua and Hashifra, we also understand why such a woman doesn't need to have Havchana. The Shamim Marayu, they hear they're about to get freed, and that's why I'm Nafshi. They will be careful not to become pregnant, and they'll use birth control. Ela yaitz b'shein va'ayin. Somebody who and the Alacha is, as the Torah teaches us in Parashas Kedoshim, that if a woman, that if a woman has, if a shivcha or ever shivcha kananis, ever kananis, are hurt by their owner in the way that they extract the organ from them, they free them immediately. Now, obviously. They don't have any prior knowledge that that's going to happen. Why does she know not to get pregnant that we say that hafkana is not necessary? And if you'll suggest that anything that she had no way of knowing is going to happen, she's indeed going to have to wait the three months. May the Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Yaisi will agree she has to wait the three months, but Tanan didn't the Mishnah say, A woman who was violated or was seduced has to wait the Shlash Chadashim because she had no way of knowing. He says that you don't ever have to wait. Ella, I'm rabaya. The reason Rabbi Yaisi holds a Gyaros and a Shvuya and a Shivcha. Don't have to wait the three months. It's not because of the birth control, but the reason is, a woman who has an adulterous relation makes sure that the Zerah should come out immediately right away because she doesn't want to get pregnant. And so too, the woman who is Shayn Va'ayin doesn't want to get pregnant when she had a relationship with Znus. And what does the Rabbi Huda, who disagree hold? He says, We need to be concerned that maybe the maybe she didn't do this properly. And even though she didn't want to get pregnant, maybe something beyond her control, she did become pregnant. And that's why we have to wait. And that's why, says the Gan Yosef, the, the Klai Waited three months from Yitzis Mitzrayim to Kabolas Atayro, because again, when they left Mitzrayim, they had, they were, they became geirim Not only were they geirim they also avodim, and they became geirim They were freed. They were captured. They were shivcha. All of the different types of situations that our Gemara just discussed, and we just learned. That Rabbi Yehuda says that these people have to wait Shloy Shechadoshim so he explains that's why Klai waited for Kabbalah as well Shloy Shechadoshim between Yitzis Mitzrayim and Kab- uh, Yitzis Mitzrayim and Kabbalah continues continues the Gemara we learned in our Mishnah Vim if we had the story that we learned in our Mishnah the mix up the as if they were Kahanis the aloha is the nifsel of a truma. So it seems, kahanos, only the daughter, if they were the daughters of kahanim, they would become disqualified from truma. Yisraelis, but if it was a bas Yisrael that got married to a would be a different aloha. But why? If they had this type of inappropriate relationship, it should make no difference. Says the Gemara, indeed. What the Mishnah means to say is, im ha kahanim. If they were married to kahanim, and they had relationship that was inappropriate. Then become disqualified from the truma. But ask the Gemara. That seems to mean in. If they were married to kahanim But let's say you have a woman who was married to yisrael, and then she was violated. She doesn't become disqualified to a koyin. Ask the Gemara. of Amram Rav Sheshes. Rav taught us the following alocha, the and. We brought a raya to his statement from our. This from our mishnah. If the wife of Yisrael was violated, as we learned previously, a wife of Yisrael that was violated is allowed to go back to her husband. She may never go back. She may never marry a Kayim. She, even though when this happened, she wasn't married to kohen. And our mishnah is a raya, the mishnah Daphne Gimel that says. So we see that if A Aishish Yisrael was Netsa, an she could never marry Kahin. This is the way to understand our Mishnah. If these women were the daughters of Kahanim, even if they were Nesur Yisrael, and the Allah is that if a woman, the daughter of a Cain, is married to Yisrael, so obviously as long as she's married to the Yisrael, she can't eat truma. Let's say uh, that marriage ends and there are no children. She could go back to her father's house and eat truma. These women will be nitslum and truma de will become also. Awesome. There's a very interesting discussion in the Shas of Truvis Alevi, where there was a woman who became a geyaris, and we're learning that a geyaris is supposed to wait three months of achana, and they had this girl who became a geiris, they did a blood test and determined that she's not pregnant and there was a Rav, this is the child that comes to her, Avozna who allowed her to get married three immediately, even though there wasn't the three months after the geiris. Now the Shulchan Aruch actually says, not like that, the Shulchan Aruch says that even a Ketanah, the we know are not pregnant always have to wait three months. Because when Chazal made a rule, they made the rule under all circumstances. And even though the Dogma Mervava suggests that a Giyorist that became a Giyorist when she was an elderly woman and doesn't isn't able to have children, doesn't have to wait three months. So the price can say that Dogma Mervava is only speaking about a case where there was a couple, a non-Jewish man and a non-Jewish woman who were married... And they became gayrim together, and she's already of age not to have children, but to go lay let a geyirus, even though she's an elderly woman that can't have children. Get married is inappropriate. You have to always wait three months, and even the dogel who is lenient in the example that we just gave, says the shevetalevi. Not everybody agrees with the dogel The chelkas mechayik. Is not agree with him. And therefore, he says that the aloha is that no matter what, a geyaris, no matter what her situation is, we have to wait the three months before we allow to get remarried. Hadron loch aba'achem, hadron loch aba'achem, hadron loch aba'achem. Says the Mishnah Cholos Livimtoy, if somebody does chalitza on his yivama and nintza muberis, and then it turns out. That she was actually pregnant. The Yoda, and she has a baby, Bismanshev Vlad It turns out, and she's pregnant from her first husband, and it turns out that that child is a viable child. So the Khalitsa was totally unnecessary. So the Khalitsa is not considered an act of Khalitsa. Since it's not considered an act of Khalitsa, He's allowed to marry her relatives, even though normally one is not allowed to marry the relatives of his chalutzah. Here, they could each marry each other's relatives. and also, even though normally a chalutza may not marry a Kayan, since this Khalitza was not necessary, that Loki is that she's she's not disqualified. The night of Huda asks a question. He said, when we think about the act of Chalitza, the act of Chalitza is done by the woman, not by the man. So why does our Mishnah say, that the man did the, the Chalitza? Isn't the Chalitza done by the man? The, by the man? So says the night of Yehuda, by the woman, it says the night of Yehuda that actually, part of the Chalitza process involves that the man should put on the shoe that the woman will be removing from his foot. And that's also an integral part of the chalitza. And that's why it's called hacholetz, that he did the chalitza. Nunca Yosef has a different explanation. He says that chalitza is supposed to be done with kavona. Chalitza is supposed to be done with the proper intent that this should be a proper chalitza. And since chalitza is supposed to be done with intent, that's why it says hacholetz liyevintan. So Amrishna says, the that he did chalitza and it turns out that she was muberis. so Tysus points out that what is the Mishnah teaching us that they weren't aware when the chalitza was done that it wasn't they weren't aware that she was a muberis. and then it turns out that she's a the alochi is that we may think that somebody who saw this chalitza to him it looks like a perfect chalitza, you have the brother-in-law you have the wife she doesn't look pregnant, and therefore we would think the chalitza should be considered a good chalitza, even though ultimately it turns out that she's not pregnant. The Mishnah is coming to teach us that no, since it turns out that she was pregnant, we can completely discount that chalitza, and as our Mishnah just said, she can marry a kayan, she can marry a kayan, they're, marrying, they're Teach others. teach others relatives. Another shot that I saw, that the Mishnah is teach, teach, teaching us, that only in the case of our Mishnah, where it's Nimtzum beris, it turned out that she was pregnant. They didn't do this deliberately, she didn't look pregnant. But if you have a woman who looks pregnant, and certainly if a woman is pregnant, you shouldn't have done Chalitza, then our is we have to be stricter because they shouldn't have done the Chalitza. So we learned that if the vlad is a vlad shel Kayama, and the ways, as the 12 points out of knowing that he lived for 30 days after he was born, when he was born he looked completely properly formed, then if there's a vlad shel we're discounting we're discounting that chalitza, and all the locks that apply to, chalitza, to a chalitza normally will not apply here. However, ain't a vlad shel Kayama, if the child did not survive. So then the Chalitza turned out to be a proper Chalitza, who also be Krevissa via because you're also in the relatives of your Chalitza. And also, Pastor nakuna. she's not allowed to marry a coin as is the Locha with any Chalitza is not allowed to marry a coin. When Ein of says the it doesn't necessarily mean. That the child was born dead. Even if the child was born dead, that halacha is that even if the child was not born dead, but if he's clearly a Nephil, he's considered a vlad so kayama. And the ritva says, the Mishnah says, in that she's considered a full fledged chalutza to the degree that even if she had married a kayan, that halacha requires her. To divorce that kind it Says the Mishnah Khanas if somebody does Yibim during the three months after the brother died, the nymphs of and then it turns out that she was pregnant with yoda. if the child that's born is a viable child, he has to divorce her, the Khayov and carbon chatus, because he wasn't supposed to do yibum. Until he was certain that his deceased brother did not have children, ain't avlad shel kayama. But if the child is not avlad shal kayama, that loch is that yekayin that he has to, he can remain with her even though he shouldn't have done yibam at that time. Says the Mishnah. Suffolk, If we have a question, if he's bentish a child is born, but we're not sure who is the father of this child. Suffolk bentish shel or the suffolk makeshival akron. Is it the first one or the second one? Dalok is yotzi. Since we have a suffolk, we can't lay them, allow them to remain married. Vavlat kosher. But the child is considered a kosher child. Because, as the Miri explains, man of Shach. If it was the child of the first husband, so the child of the first husband. If it's the child of the second husband, so this is a situation where Yibum should have taken place, because the first husband, the first brother, died without children, and therefore the child is perfectly kosher. But these two people are Chayev and Oshim Tali, because we don't know if they did an or not. And as Damiri explains, even though most children that are born, are born after nine months, and since they're born after they're born after nine months, the Dallochah is... We should assume that it's the first husband's child, and therefore it shouldn't just be an Tali, it's a carbon. Chattis teaches us the Mishnah that he's chayiv, a carbon, that he's chayiv, a carbon Tali, it's still considered a sophic. It says Tysus, the very masculine of the Nimtzes, that the reason the yavam is to bring a carbon, he only has to bring the carbon if he was negligent and failed to wait the three months before he, took, before he did the yibam. But says Tysus, what would be the alocha if the yibam was done after waiting the three-month period, and then the yibama turned out to be pregnant? He wouldn't have to bring a carbon, Because then we consider him an oinus Because he waited the three months. And most women who are pregnant were able to determine that they're pregnant after three months. And if it turns out that she, if it turns out that we weren't able to tell, we can't have any issue with him for having had, for having had done evil. But there's a Mishnah that we're going to learn in Mitzvah on that pays Zion on base. That if you have a woman whose husband's whereabouts were unknown and she got remarried based on Adam who said that her husband died and then her husband shows up she has to bring a carbon for having had znus, for having had relations when it was an HSH. Ask the Neidah Behuda why, in our case, where she was an Onus, are we, are we lenient? And why, in that case, where she's also an Onus, she got me married based on the testimony of the Eidim, do we make her bring a carbon? So, Neidah Behuda says a very important. Vort. the Neidah Behuda says that when somebody doesn't know what is the situation there are a number of ways of determining what to do there's Roiv, we follow most cases and there's adam. says that says the De Behuda how are we to understand Roiv? the way we understand Roiv is that the Tyrus says that if you don't know what to do Follow Rive. The tire is not telling us that we know for certain that the woman after three months that doesn't look pregnant is not pregnant. We can't say that definitively. We don't have, we're not saying that that is certainly the case. Rive tells us that we can act accordingly. And then if it turns out that she was pregnant, the person who did that didn't do anything wrong. Because the Torah tells him that under these circumstances he should follow the Rav, which he did. However, in the case of Adam, Adam is not to be understood that the Torah tells us, well, if you don't know what to do, rely on Rav. Adam is that the Torah tells you, you should rely on Adam. Adam makes what happened not what's known in in the halachic term as a Hasnahagus this is what you should do because you don't know what happened. It's Adam make that that is the halacha. Edom create that that is the fact. And if it turns out that the Edom were wrong, and that is incorrect, then the halacha will be that you have to pay. If that is wrong, then the halacha is you'll have to pay. The, you'll have to bring a karmichatis because the Edom turned out to be wrong begins the Gemara, itma, hacholetz le if somebody does chalitza to a woman who was muberes, and then he peeled and then she miscarried, rabi yoachan et oma, e'ne tzrich man menachem, she doesn't have to have chalitza from the other brothers, because the chalitza that was done is considered a valid chalitza, rishlokish amar, says says, chalitza man menachem, she has to have chalitza again, and I saw a very interesting machloikas rishonim. What does that mean? Some rishonim say that any of the brothers, including the brother who had already done chalitza, to be the one to do chalitza. Other rishonim suggest that only, uh, only brothers who had not done this disqualified chalitza should be the ones to do chalitza. But the brother who had already done chalitza which was a chalitza that should not have been done, should not do chalitza again. And there's a third opinion in the Rishonim that say all the brothers should do chalitza. Because since this is a chalitza psula, it's a weakened chalitza, because the first chalitza was technically a chalitza. When we have a weak chalitza, as we've discussed earlier in our sector, a chalitza psula, the halach is that all the brothers have to do chalitza. Rabbi Yoach and the Gemara explains, because he holds khalitz's mubariss shma khalitza and therefore she had khalitza and similarly he holds beamubariss shma bia and there's no need to do khalitza again shlak khalitz men achem shma khalitza the first khalitza was an inadequate disqualified khalitza the khalitza done while she was pregnant is not a valid khalitza and that's why she has to have the chalitza done again. It's a chalitza psula, as I just explained. And bi muberes, he also says the yibam done on a pregnant woman loish mabia. Says the gemara, "B'maykam ifki." What is the basis of their machloikas? Says the gemara, "Ibais emes kraw, ibais emes svaro, ibais emes svaro." Rav Yochanan Rav opinion is that a chalitza muberes is considered a valid chalitza, even though ultimately the child that was born was a nifle svar. Because he is of the opinion, if it turns out that it wasn't a, ch- a viable child. He says, "Why would be Yovah would tell us, before he did the chalitza, while she was pregnant, that this child will not survive. So everybody would agree that, that, that she halachically is not considered a pregnant woman. And therefore, she's a perfect candidate for Khalitsa Yibam. Now, when that didn't happen, but it ultimately was discovered, we have here the concept of Tigla Freya that ultimately we were able to know that she, she ultimately she wasn't Muberes, and that's why a Khalitsa is a valid We don't rely on a Gilam Misla Freya. So, of course, the question is that. Throughout Shas, as the Ritzvah, the halacha is that we do say often uh, gilin muslim afreya. So why over here does Aliyev, why does Rishlokish not agree? Says the Ritzvah. Gilin muslim Freya only means that this is the way it was always meant to be. A woman who's pregnant, even if it turns out that she ends up not having a viable child, that doesn't mean... At the moment of Chalitza or Yibam, she wasn't able, that child wasn't supposed to be a viable child. Something happened and that made that the child should not be able to survive. But that's not Gilim Muslim Afreya. Gilim Muslim Afreya means that that's the way it was supposed to be at that moment. At that moment it wasn't supposed to be here. On the other hand, the Rishodim asked that what is Rabbi Yochanan's argument? Rabbi Yochanan's argument is that well, if Eliyahu Novi would have come and told us that for sure the child that's going to be born will not survive, so she's not considered Mubaris. But isn't there a concept, asked the that Loi we don't rely on Eliyahu Novi's statements, we have to have halachic statements that are based on real facts, not Loi <coughs> So the Paiskim suggests, and Rambam says this, that when is there a halach of Loi B'Shamayimhi, is that there's a mechleikas in the yeshiva, there's mechleikas amongst Rabbonim, and Eliyoh Anavi is going to tell us, Paskin like this, Paskin like that. On that we have a rule of loy But when Eliyoh Anavi is not coming to tell us who to Paskin like, who the halacha should follow, but rather what Eliyoh Anavi is doing is telling us a physical fact. He's telling us that this child, this woman's child is not going to make it. He's not telling us halacha. he's just telling us a mitzius. In such a situation... We don't apply the concept of Leibe Shemaim. But there's a very interesting some cipher The some cipher adds another point to this. The some in the Ch'elik Vav, Simet says that even Eliyahu Novi, that we could trust for a Metzius, that we could rely on Eliyahu to tell us a statement of fact, we could only rely on Eliyahu Novi's statement of fact when he's telling us a Metzius, when he's telling us a physical fact. But when he's coming to tell us a fact, when he, when he is revealed like a regular human being. We know, says the some Seifer, that sometimes Eliyad Navi appears like a human being, and sometimes Eliyad Navi appears like a Malach. We can only rely on Eliyad Navi when he appears as a regular person, not when he appears as a Malach. Reh it's by it's a different way of understanding the Mechloikis of Rabbi Yekhan and Shlokish, is we rely, the Mechloikis is based on Apostlech. The Torah says he had no children. and at the end of the day, this man that died didn't have viable children, so that's why his wife, when she had the yibam chalitza, it's considered a good yibam chalitza. The the Torah didn't use the word ainloy without the yud. The Torah spells the ainloy with with the yud, The teacher's ainolov. We have to look at our current situation, and if currently she's pregnant. The chalitza of Mubaris is not considered a valid chalitza. <speaking in Hebrew> from the beginning of our Mishnah. It says in our Mishnah, <speaking> in <Hebrew> if somebody did chalitza on his Yevoma, and it turns out she's pregnant, but then the child that's born is not a viable child. The loch is, who are subukrei because the chalitza was considered good chalitza, and that's why she's also psulam kuna because she's a Khalutsa. So says Rabbi Yechon. According to my opinion that I said the chalitza is muberishma So therefore, the chalitza was done, even though when the chalitza was done, she was muberis. It's still considered a good chalitza, and that's why all the avalachis of a chalitza applied to her, and that's why pasla she's disqualified from ever being able to marry a kohen. Elder the chalitza the that's done with a woman who's muberis is not considered a halachically acceptable chalitza a my paslam and a kahuna, why is she disqualified the kahuna, that chalitza is not considered a legitimate chalitza answers the Gemara Ammer this rule is only midrabanon lechumra says Rishlokishirai midaraisa she's not considered a chalitza. Why I'm being Mahmer? Because were machmer, that we should make it disqualify from the Kuna. Because, as the Rajba explains, we're concerned that the people that will not know that the ch- what happened here. The people will not know, and they'll see that she had Khalitsa, and they're going to be concerned that we see that the, the Chalutzah can marry koyin, and they don't know all the details of what happened here. And because of that, the chummer the says, Chazal says she should never marry koyin. Ikadamri, but others have this discussion as the other direction, that this is actually a question from a Shlokah Shtoreb Yochanan. we learned in our Mishnah that somebody did Chalitza, and it turns out she's pregnant, and of Lachal Koyama, Allah is who that the to me, that holds says that according to me, that holds says that according to me, that holds says to teach that holds says that according to me, that to marry that because as that just to me, that that to me, that that to to And that's why it's understood like Tani, that she doesn't have to have chalitza from the other brothers, because she actually does have to have chalitza from the other brothers, because the chalitza that she had when she was pregnant is not a valid chalitza. But according to you, that holds. That a chalitza of a pregnant woman who ends up not having a viable child, is a good chalitza, so why didn't the Mishnah add, that she doesn't have chalitza from the other brothers? And the reason she doesn't have chalitza from the other brothers, is because her chalitza was a good chalitza. Amalei. so Yochanan responds to Ishlokish and Echanami. You write, the Mishnah should have said that she doesn't have to have chalitza from the other brothers. Because either the Tani Resha, that the is, where if she did have a Vlatsha Kayama, the is is paslo, she doesn't become disqualified to kain because of that Chalitza, because she's not considered a Chalitza. Tani Sefer, tani that's why in the Sefer, when it turns out that she did have a Neifel, we wanted it to remain consistent. Ask the Gemara, Efei, But now Rabbi again turns around to Rishlokish. And of Lachal Kayoma, if it turned, if if somebody did yibam, if the brother in law did yibum with his sister in law's muberas, and then she had the baby, but the baby wasn't a viable child, yikayim. He could remain with her. Says Rabyakan Tokish. Bishlam Ludamina Khalitz Muberishma Khalitza baby tani. That's why the Mishnah tells us you because. He doesn't have to do anything anymore, because the yibam that he did was a perfectly fine yibam. But says, asks, according to your opinion, that you say, you say So the yibam that he did in his sister-in-law, when she was pregnant, even though she ended up, unfortunately, having a non-viable child, still, according to Rishlokish, that is not considered a real yibum. So why did the Mishnah say yikayim? He now, after she's no longer pregnant, has to do a proper yibum. So why didn't the Mishnah say that he has to do b again to do a proper yibum? Yachso v'yiv- v'yivav yikayim by way. Says the Gemara that says Rishlokish. That's exactly what the Mishnah meant. Mayi Kayim, Yachser do a beer again, Vie because the without that, it would be inadequate, because the beer that was done when she was pregnant, says Rishlokish, the, the Mishnah is saying, is not considered a valid Yibam. iba and again, here the Gemara turns it the other way, that this is actually a question. The Mishnah said, if the Yibam was done while she was Muberis. And it turns out that the child is not viable, yikayim. Says Rishlach. I understand the word that the Mishnah says, yikayim. That he has to do biyah again. Without doing the biyah again, it won't work. Because the first biyah that was done while she was pregnant was meaningless. Because biyah smuberes but according to you, what the Mishnah should have said, that you, you, Reb Yochanan, hold that the yibum that was done while she was pregnant is considered a perfect yibum. if it turns out that the child is not viable. If that's the case, then she's his full-fledged wife. And if she's full-fledged wife, the Mishnah should have stated he could remain with her, like any time, or... He could divorce her because that's like she became his full fledged wife. And as we've learned many times in Amasekta, after the Yavama has Yibam, after the Yavama has a proper Yibam, she's considered the full fledged wife of the Yavam. And if he wants to terminate the marriage, there's the, the only option is the same option that's always available to a husband who wants to terminate a marriage, and that is a get, says Rabbi Yechon and a Chanami. So why didn't the Mishnah use those words that we just said the Mishnah ought to have used? Because I did Tanerisha since we learned in Derisha that if somebody did Yibum to a pregnant Yvoma and then she has a viable child, that Loch is Yotzi that you have to divorce under those circumstances because it's considered a situation of Ashes Ach and and actually even a divorce is not necessary. Because they were never allowed to be married. She's a of karastim. She's a nation's achtim. That's why in the Sefer, where the child was not viable, the Mishnah used a consistent terminology of yekayim.